Welcome, 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 everybody. This is Maybe Swearing Will Help, and I'm your host, Katerina. Joining me on the show today is somebody who I am just incredibly fond of, Miss Carly Caressman. So uh, her and I have been friends since about grade nine. Uh, She has always been such an inspiration to me. She is incredibly educated, incredibly fit, and an incredibly strong mother to two little girls, one of whom is suffering from JDM. Find out what that is later in the show. And also find out why she can no longer get haircuts. Uh, This is a really nice conversation, and I'm really excited about it. However, I do want to brief you and apologize Something happened when the recording saved. I'm not too sure what, but in the last 10 minutes or so, uh, our voices overlap and we're kind of speaking on top of one another. So it's not so bad that I wanted to cut it out completely, but it is just something kind of crappy that happened. So I do want to apologize for that, but it's going to be great. I'm glad to have you here. And uh, here's Carly. And you know how I want to introduce you <laughs> is actually by saying, well, smack my ass and call me Judy. It's Carly Cressman. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So yeah. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this little podcast with me. Um, it's so fun starting a podcast, but then you also have to get people who are actually interested and like willing to come on and chat. So I'm yeah. so happy when you said yes. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, okay, so do you remember actually how we met? No. I remember like getting to know you, but I don't remember when we like first met. Okay, I want to share my story about how I first met you. Um, okay. So I remember being in Mr. Wheeler's grade nine math class. Oh, shit. What a <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> And you were already a bit of an enigma because sure, in grade nine, all of us were new to the school, but you didn't come to Lincoln, which was like the primary feeder school, right? Right. You were kind of new to the whole grade and you're in this math class and you are just squirming around in your seat and you just look so uncomfortable. And I was hesitant to talk to you because I didn't know what was your problem like you just couldn't sit still so then finally I'm just like hey like what's going on are you okay and just no hesitation no nerves you just look me dead in the face and you're like yeah well I'm all out of clean underwear so I'm wearing bathing suit bottoms and they're just really uncomfortable oh my gosh I do not remember (laughs) I was such a weird kid No, I don't want to say weird. Okay, yeah, you were a little weird, but you just like didn't care. You were just, this is how I am. You just showed up the way you were. And if people didn't like it, people didn't like it. And it just didn't bother you. And it was so inspiring. Oh my gosh. You know what? I'm, you know what? I'm glad that I made an okay impression. Like I look back on myself in high school and part of me is like, wow, where did that girl get so much courage? And the other part of me is just like shaking my head, like, Carly, what were you thinking? (laughs) Yeah, well, that was going to be one of my main questions that I wanted to ask you. Like, okay, so the next thing you did was you joined Brave the Shave, the cancer fundraiser, and shaved your head in front of the entire school. 
Yeah. Like that takes guts. Especially, I felt like our grade was very like cliquey and judgmental, specifically our grade for some reason, like our whole school was, but yeah. Yeah. I just felt like, I don't know, my entire life, I kind of, my mom always said like, Carly, you know, you need to watch yourself because you're not going to get by in life just by being cute. And I like Mm. relied a lot on my physical appearance and like it's not like I'm some showstopper or whatever but like I you know I think everybody mm-hmm. does to a certain extent and I just wanted to see like what is it like to be in the world in a different way where you mm-hmm. can't just like smile and everybody's like oh that's the girl next door whatever like now it's like oh that's like a girl with no hair what's going on and you have to prove yourself in a different way like I think even being pretty young, like I wanted that challenge. I wanted to like challenge those standards a little bit and challenge my way of being in the world. And like, I would never do that now. Like now I feel like I've got enough shit going on in my life. I don't need an extra challenge. Yeah. But, but yeah, to yeah. Be in like grade nine or 10, like that's pretty outstanding. Yeah, if I like look back on it and it's like, wow, that was wild. And you know what? I haven't had a substantial haircut since. So that's like what, 15 years ago? Yeah. And now I'm like, don't touch my hair. Don't ever touch my hair again. <laughs> Maybe a little low key, like PTSD from that experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I remember coming to your house, Kate. And at that point when we became friends, I was taking a lot of ballet classes, I did other dance classes but I was primarily in ballet and this is when you still, this is before shaving your head and you were yeah. showing me your dance moves in your room, telling me that you wanted to grow up and become a pussycat doll. And oh my gosh. Yeah. I just remember that dream. it's such a dream, but I just remember being like, wow, like, you know, in ballet, everything is so particular and you have to be like a good girl and well-disciplined. And here's this friend of mine that just straight up, is embracing wanting to be sexy and wanting to be, you know, desired and that that was okay. And I had never really been introduced to that before. Interesting. And I loved that. And then I don't know if you know this about me, but I was doing some heels dancing shows for a couple of years with Solo Studio K. And our very first show, one of uh, the dances I did was to I Don't Need a Man by Pussycat Dolls. And I was up there thinking of you the whole time. And I was like, I'm living out both of our dreams right now. Oh my gosh, you know, kidding. That is so freaking amazing. No, yeah, that's always been like, I don't know, honestly, in my life, it's something that's kind of gone in waves, like sometimes where I like, feel empowerment from like being feminine and desired and Mm -hmm. at other points that just like totally goes on the back burner Mm -hmm. but yeah definitely something like high school early university I I embraced it yeah okay so the next brave thing that I thought you did was you actually got married very young I can't remember if you were 19 or 20 or I, so I was 21 and Ben, my partner had just turned 20, I think. Okay. Yeah. And how were you not like, wow, this is crazy. This is way too soon. I'm not ready. I'm just a child still. Like what was running through your mind? I had zero doubt. I've like, 
So when I started dating Ben, we were in high school and I don't know if I've told you this story before. I like have always kind of known Ben through just like different community stuff and choir and whatever, but we were never even like, I wouldn't even say we were friends. Right. And I woke up one morning and like, I would say it was like maybe a religious experience. Like if it's the closest in my life, I can like equate to the voice of God. And I like literally woke up and was like, Ben Cressman, I'm going to marry Ben Cressman. That is, that is my husband. That is my life. No way. And yeah. I sent him a Facebook message totally out of the blue. I said, I think you're beautiful. I think we should date. Like, let's give it a shot. What do you want to, what do you think? And um, he was like, yeah, sure. And I think on our second date, he was like, I'm in love with you. And it just like clicked. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people kind of thought like, oh my gosh, they're so young. They're so naive. But we went through some pretty heavy, heavy shit very early in our relationship that proved to me that he was more of a man and more of a partner than most people will ever find in their lifetime. And yeah, I just had no doubts. Like we knew we wanted to spend our lives together. So we kind of looked at it as like, do we want to have a really good party now? Or do we want to have a really good party later? Right. And um, we decided we wanted to have the good party now. And yeah, haven't looked back. Fascinating to me. And you know what? I was going to ask, like, did you get any judgment from family or friends at that time? Or were people just kind of like, Let's just zip our lips and yeah, we're happy for you. You know, we didn't, I think. So once we were engaged, things really shifted for me, especially within Ben's family. Like to me, there was a big shift between going from like boyfriend and girlfriend to being engaged. That's when I felt like, okay, people are like taking me seriously Seriously? now. Yeah. Yeah. They're treating our relationship seriously. And, you know, we didn't get any serious questions looking back on it now. I'm sure people had huge doubts, Yeah, but nobody ever said anything. The only heat that we got was, um, we were both very adamant that we had a vegetarian wedding and we had people not come to our wedding because they thought that was like insane not to serve meat at a wedding. And I'm like, okay. So isn't that ridiculous? Oh my gosh. Can I just say every wedding I've been to where I've got the chicken, it always sucks. Like it's horrible anyways. (laughs) Well, exactly. And (laughs) I was like, you know, we want our wedding to be a representation of us We don't buy meat because we don't want to support this industry. Like, why would I spend my money to feed you meat? Like, sorry. Nothing against meat eaters. It's just that's not what I want to spend my money on. Like, That is so funny. But, but yeah, I remember just you saying that, like, you know, Ben was different and something stood out about him. I remember, especially when you guys met and first started dating, like, we're in high school and everything seemed to revolve around parties. Like, who are you going to make out with at the party on Friday night? And, like, that's kind of how things would would start, right, with, yeah. like, dating guys and stuff. And I remember you guys, I don't know if there was, like, a beginning part to this date, but he was going to come over to your house and you were going to play Scrabble. 
And I just thought, wow, what the heck? This has nothing to do with drinking. This has nothing to do with, oh my God, what am I going to wear? Like, it was just like, we're just going to play Scrabble and be together. And I was like, are you guys like 80 already? Like, what is going on? People don't hear this in grade nine. Like, you guys are weird. But it was so cute. And it was like, so like, that is what I want, you know? It like falling in love with him was like being high, like just like this, like so intoxicating. It's like, I didn't need drugs. I didn't need to be drunk to, you know, have a good time with him. It was just like, yeah, getting to know this person that just, yeah, everything he said, I just felt like I was like just drinking in this like elixir, like, Yeah, it was a pretty magical time of life. Oh my gosh, that just gave me the warm and fuzzies. Like, mm-hmm. that just makes me so happy. Oh, I like squirmed in my seat here. Um, and you're probably not even wearing bathing suit bottoms. I'm not wearing bathing suit bottoms, no. <laughs> um, okay, and that was the one of the things I wanted to ask you about this whole, like, you got married and had kids very young. And I asked this question with the purest intentions. I am not at all implying that you have any regrets, I swear. Um, I was just curious, like, do you ever look back and be like, man, you know, I never had that like crazy phase where I just like did stupid stuff with my girlfriends and whatever. Like, do you ever feel like you missed out on that part? You know what? No, I feel like I did enough of that. Like I didn't do a ton, but I did enough. And you know, like, yeah, I think a big part of it was I traveled by myself. Ben and I traveled together. Like we got that experience, which I think was Mm -hmm. really good. Well, it makes such a difference. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I don't feel like I missed out. Ben and I do talk a lot about like, you know, in 15 years, our kids will be grown and out of the house and then we'll mm-hmm. still be young enough that we can do the things we want to do which is like you know travel and just spend quality time mm-hmm. together and yeah that mm-hmm. whole like drinking clubbing partying has never it's never really been high on my radar or his yeah. radar yeah yeah I gotta tell you like I did a lot of that and I feel like I'm so grateful that I did because now it's totally out of my system. And like, I haven't had a drink of alcohol in over a year. Um, so I think it just, it just, it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do as long as it works for you. Like who cares? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? It's kind of fun too. Like every once in a while we send the girls on a sleepover to their parents' house and Ben and I'll have a little bit of a wild night. (laughs) And it's fun. Like, it's not like it totally stops. Like life doesn't become totally boring when you have kids. You just have to work harder to find those moments of when you want like adult fun. And then like life becomes weird because those things that like as a kid were so exciting, they genuinely become exciting again as an adult. Like it's weird, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. So obviously, you know, I've had a very complicated relationship with my parents, which has now turned into absolutely zero relationship with my parents. So I've learned that what they taught me and the things they said to me um, were not necessarily true and not accurate. But what I always thought was so inspiring with you 
And what differed from what I believed or what I was taught to believe was like, okay, basically my parents told me getting pregnant or having a baby equals you may as well just die because your life is over. Like, oh, you like going to dance class? Well, you can't when you have a baby. Oh, you like hanging out with your friend Carly? Well, you can't when you have a baby. And like, they blamed me for, you know, not having a social life, not having friends. Like I was always the reason why they were the way they were. And, um, and you really showed me like, no, you can still go for runs and like see your friends and pursue your dreams and get an education. Like your life is not over. And I never, I never knew that. I honestly thought pregnancy equals, I may as well just be dead. Truly. Right. Yeah. And that's something I've worked insanely hard at. And like, I don't, and I, it's different for everybody. I'm sure some people being a mom or a wife is enough. It's mm-hmm. not for me. Like, yes, I'm a mom. Yes, I'm a, a wife. I'm very committed to those things. But I also need to feel like I'm still growing as an individual. Yeah. And so like, yeah, having my own goals and dreams and still working towards them, doing things that I just genuinely find fun or funny and like still being like, yes, I'm Carly. I'm not just your mom or your wife or your employee or boss or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to me. Yeah, totally. And I think that sends a really good message to kids as well that Mm -hmm. they can do things their entire lives. They don't have to ever settle. Oh, just so amazing. You must be, well, I don't doubt this at all. You're a great mom. Oh my gosh. The oh, best mom. Thanks. But okay. So thinking about pursuing things and doing things you love, um, I want to jump into your education and school. Yeah. Okay. So we graduate from high school and then yeah. what school did you um, go into next or what degree did you go into next? So I went right into the U of W and started like, I guess at all at the U of W just kind of start like general classes or whatever, but I knew right away Mm -hmm. I wanted to focus on psychology. So Mm -hmm. I think I did a year, maybe two before I just kind of felt like a little bit burnt out and then took like, I maybe only a semester off, but that's when I just did a bit of traveling and, you know, just got a bit of that stuff out of my system just took a break from the grind for a while yeah and then yeah I went back and finished my degree I actually double majored in psychology and religion and culture the religion Mm. piece just kind of happened but was just like so interesting and fun and just yeah and then so I got pregnant with Stella the last year of my undergrad Went okay. straight into my master's degree, had Hannah in my master's degree, and then I'm now in my PhD. Okay. And did you ever get so overwhelmed and pause and just think, man, I need to finish school and then have kids. I am like drowning. Or were you just like, I'm superwoman and I can handle this? You know what? I loved doing both at the same time because oh, yes. like having it just like, I think having school gave me the feeling like I'm still moving forward in life. I am mm-hmm. still, you know, achieving my own goals. Like the school piece for me was really 
yes, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And then the mum piece was just this pure joy and chaos and like everything that being a new parent is. And so mm-hmm. the two of them for me have always balanced each other out insanely well. I've also been really fortunate that I've always been fully funded for school, which means I don't have to work. I don't have that financial stress, which I think would most people get really different. Yes. Yeah. But you've just married these two worlds of like this academic, you know, I have big dreams and goals. And then like, I also don't want to put off having this family because I don't want to be super old when like Ben and my life can start, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And Ben and I always knew we wanted to be young parents just before we got married. So I actually had an ectopic pregnancy and lost that pregnancy. And so that was like, that was an unintentional pregnancy, but just like having that first moment of, for me anyway, I know it's different for everybody, but for me of having that moment and that taste of being a mother was like, we can't put this off. Like I'm ready. It just like lit that fire that like, yes, I'm ready to be a parent and my body and my soul are ready for this. Okay. You know what? I feel like, do you feel like it's common for that to maybe deter people? Like that would just scare you. And you know what? I really don't know. I think Mm -hmm. for me, the loss of my pregnancy, I felt it very profoundly and it was like I took time to kind of grieve and heal from that but I already felt like a mother like that experience made me feel like a mom and so it was just like kind of waiting to fill that but Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people that that experience is it's different they experience it a lot more um like scientifically, I guess, if you will, and the more of the, well, that was a sperm and an egg and it wasn't a life and like Mm, that, but for me, it was like, that's what made me a mom. Wow. That's actually like really beautiful. And I'm so glad you opened up about that because I feel like that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, And then I want to ask, so like now you're getting your PhD. So how, what does that look like in COVID? It's really, really weird. So I, right now I am also working. So I work from home two days a week and then my PhD, like the research is kind of on pause because I need like participants for my research. Right. Yeah. And nobody wants to take on anything extra right now. Right. The more or less it's just kind of on pause and you know I do a little bit of research and a little bit of work but it's very slow going right now right and you seem like you like the high pace like go 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 I'm juggling a hundred things so is this really a challenging time for you or do you like taking maybe a little bit of a pause oh my gosh Kat I am dying like I need so much routine and stimulation in my life like I'm 
yeah, I'm like just trying so hard to find things to do and find things to keep busy and like give me purpose. And I just, I don't do well with too much free time and downtime. And yeah, I'm really struggling right now. (laughs) Like I'm the type of person that can, you know, stay in my pajamas all day and like binge watch eight hours worth of Grey's Anatomy on a Sunday. And I feel like you would maybe sit down politely and watch the first episode with me and then start like doing the dishes. Oh, <laughs> totally. Like <laughs> my like family will get so annoyed with me because Friday night we do like family movie night. And so everybody's watching the movie and I'm sitting there, but I've also got like three crosswords and a Sudoku on my lap as well. (laughs) Like I just need so much stimulation that way. You know what though? I feel like for a PhD student, you have to, like, I am not focused enough to want to be in school that long, you know? Yeah. You're kind of built for this life. It totally, like it is not for everybody. But for me, it just seems like, yeah, that's, it just, that's what my brain needs to do. That's, yeah, it just makes sense. It feels natural and easy. And I've always kind of said to Ben, like, when it stops being fun, then I'll stop. But like, I'm still having fun. It's still good. Right. Okay. So do you think once you finish up school, yeah. are you still just like, going to take a random course here or there just to be like a lifelong student or do you think I've had enough school I'll keep myself busy with other things Uh, that's a good question because I definitely like have things outside of school that I would like to spend time on like you know just creative projects and other things like that but then it's also really weird because I, right now, I know what it's like to parent toddlers. I know how much time and energy that is. I don't know what it's going to be like to have, you know, preteens or whatever when, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of just relaxing in the evenings, like they have to go to drama class or sports lessons or whatever. And, you know, you have to help them with their homework. (gasps) Oh, Carly, you're such a, such an art student. Hey, (laughs) when they have to go throw a ball (laughs) Stella's first words it was right one of the years when the Jets were in the playoffs or whatever and the whole city just like had Jets fever her first words were hockey game and I was just like oh my gosh whose child is this like what am I going to do with this kid Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this is a great transition actually into your fitness life because you are maybe not one for like the team sports, but you definitely like individual sports. And I want to actually start off with yoga. Yeah. Um, You went to India to become a yoga instructor. Yeah. And I don't know anything about that trip. So it was like pretty amazing. So I went for six weeks to a little town in Mm -hmm. India And so it was in like kind of like a school-ish setting. So there were maybe 20 of us there that lived in like this little complex, like kind of like dorms or whatever. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we just ate and slept and breathed yoga and, you know, did tons of classes. And then we also did, you know, lots of sightseeing and the fun stuff in India too. But it was 
so intense. And I was so young. Like I was 19 yeah. in India by myself. Yeah. It was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, that would be terrifying. It was, yeah, that was like another thing in my life that I look back and I was like, what was I thinking? And what were my parents <laughs> thinking letting me do this? But yeah, I I went to Thailand two years ago. Okay. Um, and I met up with a group once I got there, but I went by myself. And let me tell you, like arriving in Bangkok by yourself is one of the most overwhelming feelings in the entire world. Yeah. Well, oh, I'll, ne- <laughs> I'll never forget this. So I like flew from whatever Winnipeg to Toronto and then flew to London and I didn't right. realize that my flight from London to Delhi was an Air India flight. So mm-hmm. I got on this flight. Everything is pink and yellow. The flight attendants are all wearing saris. Everybody is mm-hmm. speaking a language I don't understand. And I got on the mm-hmm. flight and sat in the wrong seat. And the <laughs> flight attendant was like, oh, sorry, sweetie, can you move or whatever? And I lost it I just like couldn't stop sobbing because I wasn't ready for this culture shock yet like I thought I had whatever eight more hours and oh yes yeah I didn't stop crying for the next 36 hours because you're tired you're scared you're overwhelmed like yeah that was yeah and you just want to make sure you get to your hotel or wherever you're staying right like just from the airport there is a whole other adventure right yeah yeah. Yeah. When I landed in Bangkok, okay, so the person that was supposed to pick me up, I couldn't find him. And like, I didn't know how to contact anybody. So fi- eventually I find him. And then he tried to grab my boob uh, when we got to the car. So I was just like, great. Like I'm already being felt up by whoever this oh guy is. Gosh, yeah. And then driving, like there's no rules to the road, right? So there's all these people on scooters, just like hitting the car as they try and like <laughs> go through <laughs> the streets that like barely have lanes and then we finally get to the place I'm staying there's a huge rat living in my room oh my God. and I'm just like ready for it to eat me and then I open up my suitcase and I realized that I forgot my bag that had like my Imodium and my birth control and like all my most important medications I left that at home oh no and so I call my boyfriend and he's like, yeah, it's here on the bed. Like, I don't know what to say. I'm so sorry. And you know what? I knew I could buy a modium and all that stuff there, but I was so devastated about not having my pill because I didn't want to have like some sort of like crazy periods while I'm in Thailand and in bathing suits, you know? And I, I, same thing. I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried because I was just like, this is off to the worst start. What was I thinking coming here? Like, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just something about being somewhere else. And like those little things that if you were at home with all your supports and all your sleep, you could be like, yeah. okay, I can deal with this. But yeah, when you're tired and overwhelmed, then it's just like, yeah, can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> And then do you think you're ever going to go back into yoga instructing or is that chapter kind of closed? You know what? I feel like it's kind of closed. Like I still teach occasionally, um, like kind of if people ask privately and like it's a skill I'll always have, but it's 
for me anyway, it's very emotionally draining. Like it takes so much energy to like put yourself out there and talk. And like, I really felt like I'm kind of carrying the weight of this class and was very sensitive Mm -hmm. to people's energies. Like, you know, sometimes you have a yoga practice where you just like want to cry on your mat and you have a bad attitude and whatever. As a teacher, I was, I was really bad for kind of taking that on and not being able to like push myself away enough. It was, it was just really hard and required so much energy that I don't know. I'd be in a place where I want to do that again, to be honest, but I still love to practice and it was like a great education that I'll never regret having. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I honestly, that never even crossed my mind that that there'd be so much pressure on you to show up and be a certain person for for everybody in the room, right? For me, I need you to come and like push me and tell me to kick my leg up. But then for the person next to me, I need you to be calm and gentle because I'm having a bad day and it took all my energy just to show up, you know? Exactly. It was, yeah, it was really tough that way. And yeah, it it wasn't a long-term thing. Like I would, after a couple of years, I was just so tired. Yeah. I needed a break. I got to say, um, it's been a while since I've taken a yoga class. So I forget what the move is called. Obviously you and I like the Bikram style. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you would always say, um, get ready to have your legs shake, quake and vibrate or, yeah. or something like that. And no, other instructor has ever said that. And whenever we do that move, I just like hear your voice in my head and I'm just like, shake, quake and vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It was intense. I was intense. <laughs> you were intense. Okay. So then you went into running instead. Like how did you get into running? So running is something like, I think I did my, no, I know I did my first half marathon when I was in grade eight and, um, like, it's just always something I've done more or less for exercise. Like I don't even really consider myself a runner. It's just like something to do when I'm bored and need stimulation and need to get out of the house. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, it's, I've always just like, I like to exercise. I like to move my body. And so, especially when like gyms closed this, um, like during COVID, it's like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. So it just kind of went with it. Okay. And the most recent one, was that a full marathon or still? No. So yeah, I did my first full marathon, like in October, I think it was September, October. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations. And I would definitely consider you I would call you a runner Uh, thanks (laughs) yeah that was um really really intense I don't know I'd ever do that again (laughs) yeah (laughs) just because like the training involved or why I loved the training and so I would say my first so marathons like 26 miles I'd say my first 21 22 miles were amazing I felt good I was having fun And then the last like three or four miles, I've never felt that bad in my life. Like, you know, when you're like really like, I don't know, like drunk or high and you get to that point where you start to feel like my body's out of control. I don't want to be intoxicated anymore. 
but your body yeah it's not yeah Yeah. it felt like I was just like my body's like I'm not having fun anymore but I've got three miles in this marathon and like it was mentally really crazy because it felt like I'm like scared like I'm so tired and I'm aware my thoughts are kind of becoming a bit incoherent but I'm trying to keep going and yeah I don't know so you're like drunk at the party and like people are trying to convince you to stay, but you really just want to go home, but you're waiting for like your ride and people are still trying to talk to you and you just want to be left alone like that. 100%. Yeah, exactly like that. Right. Yeah. And you know, I know like physiologically they say the body at 21 or 22 miles like hits a wall and obviously mm-hmm. like more experienced runners find a way to get through it they do it but yeah for me it was really freaking hard well then you should be even more proud of yourself for actually finishing and not just giving up I mean at that point you would at least walk the rest I imagine even if you couldn't run it but I'm so Uh, proud of you thank you yeah it was definitely a feat I feel glad to have done it and yeah kind of check it off the bucket list kind of thing yeah and you swim. Yeah. So I would say like, I'm a synchronized swimmer that in the off season, I run for something to do. But yeah, I, okay. like I've never felt so at home or so alive and supported as like when I'm in the pool. That is like, that's my place. Yeah, you're definitely a fish. Yeah. Yeah. And so you still do that. And like, are there competitions or is this totally just like recreational just for no, fun? Yeah. So we still compete. Obviously we didn't last year because kind of right as we we're getting into competition season is when COVID started to get bad and probably right. won't this year. But yeah, there's lots of competitions. We went to world masters a couple years ago and So it's like, we know we're not going to the Olympics, like we're not 18 anymore, but Mm -hmm. you know, we still like, we swim at a high level and we're not bad. And yeah. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't, you know, hold yourself short. It's either the Olympics or nothing. Like you can still do high intensity competitions and push yourself to at least whatever, whatever your max looks like. Right. Yeah. And it's so fun. And I don't know, for me, there's something about synchronized swimming that I think, attracts a certain kind of person and so every person on my team is just like highly motivated educated just like they're Mm -hmm. my kind of people and yeah yeah an amazing support system throughout my adult life yeah it's so it's so like it's beautiful to have your long-term friends from middle school or high school that um you still get along with and support each other, but then it's another thing to make friends as an adult, as that person outside of who you were in high school and middle school and be able to bond with somebody that way. Cause I feel like it's those friendships are even stronger totally. somehow, even though they're yeah, well, and yeah. yeah, those are the ones that like you make those friendships, not because you got thrust into the same class together in grade six or whatever maybe yeah. because yeah. of those common and shared interests and you choose to keep yeah. them you choose them yes yeah yes okay and what I love about your fitness journey is that you're passing it on to your kids already so young and 
like, obviously this is just what I see on your Instagram, but you teach them that exercise is important and that it's fun. And I just think that it, you're doing it in such a good way because I don't feel like they'll ever grow up to feel like they have to exercise as a punishment for something they eat. I feel like they're already learning that it's just something that is necessary for a long and healthy life. Like, I just feel like you're doing it in such a good way. And I'm just like, I love that about you. you. It's, you know, my parents, they did a lot of things great, a lot of things not great, whatever. But that was one thing they really worked hard to instill and demonstrate is that Mm -hmm. fitness is something that's fun and it's lifelong. Like they did a pretty good job. Like I'm still super active. My brothers are still super Mm -hmm. active and yeah, that's definitely one of the greatest Mm -hmm. gifts that they've given me is that passion to be healthy in a way that's, you know, socially fun and not too intense. Like just, yeah, something that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, how are you doing on time? Do we have time to talk about Stella? Okay. Obviously I want to talk about Hannah too. And I feel like, oh, I don't want to like leave her out, but I do want to talk about Stella. Um, yeah. Okay. So Stella is your oldest. And okay. So she, let's just start at the beginning. She started developing some different, I guess, behaviors. Yeah. So when she was three, we really started noticing stuff like, you know, she's kind of crying all the time. She's really clingy. She doesn't want to walk down the stairs anymore. She needs mom to carry her down the stairs. And like, I don't know, she's got a relatively new sister, like a one and a half year old sister. And we just kind of thought at first, like, Mm -hmm. okay, maybe this is what toddlers are like, right? Like we have nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then like, as things kind of started progressing a little bit more, it was like, just that like feeling in the pit of your stomach, like something's not quite right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you take her to the doctor to get checked out, and first doctor. Yeah, so what? it was the actually for me the tipping point was she developed a really weird rash on her knuckles. Like the only way I can explain it is like you know how okay. when you're a kid and you're like dipping your fingers in wax and like letting them dry, so you get those little caps on your fingertips. It looked like she'd been dipping her knuckles in wax. And so obviously I like Googled it right away and noticed that it's like kind (laughs) of a telltale symptom of this disease, juvenile dermatomyositis or JDM. And I went Mm -hmm. to her pediatrician and he literally laughed at me and said like, no, 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 no. It's not this. That's way too rare. Like stop being a doctor on the internet like oh no yeah really and I kind of felt like if he could say to me no it's not JDM because of this 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 and this I would have been like yeah okay fine mm-hmm. but the fact that he said it's not JDM right. because it can't be it's too rare I was like okay I need yeah. a second opinion and that was hard because it like was almost that feeling of like, do I want something to be wrong? Am I like seeking this out? And Mm -hmm. then was like, Carly, like drop it. There's obviously nothing wrong, (laughs) but 
she's just being a yeah, three year old. There's yeah, to be said for like, you know, that gut feeling, and my gut was just kept saying mm-hmm. something's wrong. So when we got a mm-hmm. second opinion, and this guy, bless his soul, said like, you know what? I don't know. I've never seen this. It's too rare. But I'm going to refer to you to someone who knows. I'm going to take some pictures and send them to my colleagues and get their opinions. Yeah, exactly. And then once we started investigating further, you know, got the blood tests and stuff, then, yeah, and we finally Mm -hmm. saw somebody who specialized that. And they took one look at her and said, oh, yeah, of course, that's what this is. And I'll never forget one of the, like most bittersweet moments of my life was this doctor looked at me and said good job mom you you did a really good job here Um, and I just like started sobbing because this like this year you know me thinking something's wrong everybody's telling me that everything's fine and yeah yeah I was all your doubts and insecurities and fears were just like finally validated that you weren't crazy or overreacting But then on the other hand, it's like, I wished I was crazy and overreacting because I also don't want this for my kids. No, no. Okay. So is it okay to call it juvenile myositis? Just simply like that? Juvenile myositis is like kind of a bigger group of diseases and JDM is like kind of the more specific one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you know what? It's interesting because like when I saw her, when I ran into you guys at Safeway, um, from the exterior, like external, just like me, a blind eye, like you could not tell that this girl is sick. Like she's asking to buy balloons and running around the store playing with whatever's on the shelf, you know, like she's totally just living her life. She doesn't seem to be slowed down or hindered at all. She's really lucky. I think because we did catch it early and like, she's responded really well to treatment um, so that, yeah, she kind of mm-hmm. takes a cocktail of drugs to keep her going, but lives a totally normal mm-hmm. life. And yeah, we're so grateful for that because for a lot of kids, it's not like that. Yeah. So yeah, we're really lucky. But will she start to feel differently or even look differently? Like as she gets I don't older? I think so. So she's almost completely weaned off the steroids which that's what kind of for a while she got it's like called a moon face where your face gets really round and like you kind of gain weight um Mm. just because the steroids are just kind of ballooning up your body right and that's kind of like the biggest physical change um but it's a weird Mm. disease because some kids it's chronic they will need high doses of medication their entire life some kids they have flare-ups and then it goes away for a year two years and some kids have one kind of burst at the beginning for a couple years and then it's gone for the rest of their lives so we don't know what it will be like for Stella but yeah really hopeful and just like praying that you know she's through the worst of it and that Hopefully this is something mm-hmm. that can kind of be behind her, but because you don't know, you're always just kind mm-hmm. of waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Oh my gosh. Almost so walking on eggshells, right? Yeah. 
And does she understand? Like, does she get it? Like, I'm I'm sick, so I have to take this medicine, but it might not be forever, but she at least it's for does. now. We, that was the really hard part of like, how much do we explain to her? How much do we tell her? And she has a pretty mm-hmm. good grasp. And it's so sad because, you know, every once in a while, she'll just go, you know, mom, I don't want my JDM anymore. And I think one of the like saddest moments of my life, she like came running up to me one day and she goes, mom, I just got the best idea. And I was like, okay, great. And she's like, we can just ask God to take away my JDM. We can just be praying for that. I was just like, what a angel. Oh my gosh. Like, how do you explain that? That's not the way it works. Like, oh. But you know what? That's a good idea. And we can for sure try that. And we can for sure yeah. ask God. Like, I don't know what you Yeah. Oh, my and gosh. Then, yeah, other times yeah. she's just, like, such a funny kid. Like, she has to wear sunscreen every day because she can get very triggered by the sun. And so lots of times mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I'm just putting on my sunscreen because I have JDM. And just, like, it's just part oh, of her life. And she just rolls with it. Yeah. Yeah. And does Hannah feel like she's not getting enough attention ever? Or I think she feels like that. We really try to involve her with Stella's treatment. Like, you know, we have to inject Stella um, once a week with drugs. And so, you know, lots of time Mm -hmm. Hannah will have her like fake doctor's needle there from her like plastic doctor's kit and she'll do her needle too. And yeah. Um, oh my God. They're like two little peas in a pod. They're so freaking precious. That is so cute. Well, if you want, if you're comfortable with this, um, in the podcast description, I can put your um, Instagram handle because you do have a link uh, with a donation page um, that goes to the QJM page. So then people can go to your profile and click on it. And if they're feeling willing to donate to help cure this this disease that your little pumpkin's got. Oh, that would be great. Thanks, Kat. Okay, and then I just have a lightning okay, round for you, and then I'll let you go. Okay, first place you want to travel to post-COVID? Mm-hmm. Uh, Greece. Okay. Ooh, I know good one. Oh, my gosh. I just have a small story to tell. I'm like you. Once I kept telling a story, I just, like, want to oh, tell okay. it. So Ben and I have, like, started oh, yeah. saving for this trip that we want to take the girls on. Like, right when they're, like, in grade 7 and 8, like, when middle school's really nasty, we want to take them out of school for a while Mm -hmm. and do a trip all the way around the Mediterranean. Like, do, like, Italy, Greece, go into, like, that little bit of the Middle East and North Africa. And, yeah, that's, like, our saving our pennies. Oh, my gosh. That would be the most incredible. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be hard days and moments where you want to <laughs> chop off your hair again but <laughs> um okay favorite indulgent meal after a run or a swimming oh my competition or something Stella's like that restaurant their pesto cream linguine with their grilled tofu so good oh okay i'm not a tofu person 
but yeah, you do you. You can also get it with like chicken or shrimp or whatever, but just, I love a good pasta mm-hmm. and that one really just like checks all my requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheese and carbs. Yeah. Um, favorite mood boosting song oh, when you're feeling down? Either Love on Top or Grown Woman, both by Beyonce. Both Beyonce. Yeah. yeah I'm not surprised. Okay. Um, so I actually, it's funny that we've been talking about your hair on and off this whole time because I'm very jealous of people with long, beautiful hair. So how do you maintain your hair? Do you take like gummies or do you have like some special shampoo? I wash it maximum twice a week. I cut it by myself usually. And, um, that's it. I like, weirdly enough, I have to thank my dad for that one. Like he just has the most amazing, straight, healthy hair. And, um, yeah, he's genetically, I've got some good stuff to work with in the hair department. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And last one, what is your happiest memory from 2020? Happiest memory from 2020. Dang, that's like a weird one. Cause like to look back on an entire year and be like, I know. Good. But I want it, I don't want it to just be like, oh, 2020 was a dumpster fire and everything's going to be different January 1st. Like I still yeah. want to remember there were good things that still happened. So. Yeah, probably your photo shoot. Was that a good 20? Oh, no. Do you know what we did early 2020? Um, for my birthday, mm-hmm. we drove to um, Grand Forks and then to Fargo because I freaking love water slides and water parks and so there's just like in Grand Forks <laughs> and their Canadians or whatever they have this fun water park and so we just took a family weekend just the four of us and went down there and that was awesome they also have that's what you were saying when like when you're adult and you find things that were still fun yes, and like they're, totally. they're a new type of fun, like, right? You know, like, I'm sure a lot of people yeah. don't imagine their great birthday weekend just hanging out with a three-year-old and a four-year-old, but like, no, these water parks are yeah. so fun. And yeah, that was definitely highlight, I think, of my 2020 thing. Well, I like that story. Wait. I have one question. Is um, okay. Well, wow. was the highlight of your 2020? Ooh. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, actually this is really hard. Um, it's hard any year, like just, I'd have to say whole year, but especially such a weird year. Yeah. You know what? I, um, I have to say it's moving into a new house, house, right? And, And you've been doing renovations, right? We bought it. Yeah. Those have since kind of slowed down just because they're not super like essential and pressing right now. So we're not, doing much um but yeah we really transformed the living room and dining room which was so fun but it's just really nice like I've had a very complicated relationship over my life Mm. with home uh quote-unquote because for a very long time home was my hell and like I hated being there and I would look for a different kind of home like the dance studio was my home or other people's houses were my home you know and then when I eventually moved out. I lived place to place, but it never really felt quite right. Or other people had stories there. And now this is finally just like, just mine and Adam's like nobody else has lived here with like, not my ex or his ex or anything like that. Like this is brand new memories for just us. And it's really special, especially 
Like I'm here all the time because it's COVID and I work from home. So it's nice to have a place that's that like I really awesome. love to be. That's yeah. That's like a good 2020 highlight. Um, yeah. <laughs> like finding a beautiful home that I just love. Yeah. It's, it makes yeah, such a difference awesome. in your life. Yes. Thanks for asking. And you know what? Oh, this is just so nice. I just felt like this was like two oh old gosh. gal pals totally. catching up. And again, like I took so much of your time, but I feel like this is going to be such a good episode. You are just such a delight oh to talk gosh. to. And I feel like we could do this for like three well, hours because like, we have so many this morning. <laughs> and I feel like something that just as society we're struggling with is creativity in the pandemic. And so I just think it's so cool that you found like yeah. a creative project that you want to pursue and like you're doing it and it's good. And yeah, that's awesome. Oh, thanks. Well, and I just really miss talking to people. And like, if I wasn't doing this, like I probably wouldn't have yeah, spent the last totally. hour talking to you, you know, and I miss that conversation and like connecting with people. So this is yeah, a good way totally. to also scratch that itch. But, uh, but yeah. Thanks so much. And I'll let you know when I, when I put this out, but I'm so glad we did this. And I think so many people are going to listen oh, and just awesome. love this episode. Okay, and I'm so, so excited. Okay, bye. okay. Have a good day. I'll talk to you later.